Howdy folks, welcome to another episode of Bikes, Burgers, Beers. I'm Big Steph, your host, and today, well, I've got a story to tell you. See, it was 1998, and I was riding through the Royal National Park in the south of Sydney. I was young and dumb, and I considered every twisty road a racetrack, but I still had some form of self-preservation. You see, I wore the best gear I could afford at the time, and while I always prepared myself for the slide and not the ride, one thing was missing, a first aid kit. You see, while I approached this set of bends in the Royal National Park, a guy on a VTR 1000 went flying past me. Now, I was already going quick enough, and I knew deep down that this guy's speed was well beyond the limits of any talent, and I also knew the road well enough to know what was coming up next. A tight set of bends with off-camber corners, slippery surfaces, jagged rock walls, high as four or five meters. So this rider disappeared one corner after the next. However, I met him on the third bend with his bike cracked in half and he was laying down near those rocks. When I stopped to help him, I discovered that he had a broken leg, broken collarbone, and a couple of cracked ribs. My only saviour was a state-of-the-art at the time mobile phone. Now I had to leave him and go away for a minute because it was analogue then, not digital. So I had to find higher ground to call emergency services. But I'd bought this mobile phone when I started riding just in case, and it came in handy. I helped the guy out as much as I could. However, a trauma kit would have been even more help. This is why Bleedstop interested me so much when I heard about them, and that's courtesy of Rob from Throttle Down Under. You might remember him from last season. Check out his YouTube channel in the links down below. He reviewed the kit, and I instantly contacted the guys at Bleedstop to be on the show. Now this kit contains only what you need to stop fatal injuries. You don't get band-aids and saline solutions in this kit. What you get are tough shears that can cut through leather riding garments. You get clotting dressings and more. In fact, you know what? It's better if I just let the guys from Bleed Stop explain it to you. So kick back and let's learn about the differences between a first aid kit and a trauma kit and why every motorcyclist should have a bleed stop kit under their seat or in their panniers. Thanks for coming on the show to start with. I wanted you guys on because I think what you guys have created is is really great. When I saw Rob's review of it, I thought, this is fantastic. Why hasn't this been invented before, really? I mean, you know, it's it's a pretty easy concept to come up with, but at the same time, very unique because you've designed a first aid kit specifically for motorcyclists and I know what uh, listening to or and watching Rob's review it really appealed to me because I thought man there's been some occasions where I wish I had a first aid kit with me uh, especially when I was a younger rider and pe- people have done something stupid in front of me I've seen I've seen motorcyclists crash into rock walls around corners in national parks because they've overtaken me because apparently I was too slow. Uh, but uh, you know, little things like that where you just go, oh man, you know, if I had something with me that was small, lightweight, easy to carry, uh, it would it would make a world of difference. And I guess most motorcyclists don't really think about first aid kits, so. I want to kind of cover all those different things about mindsets of, of carrying one with, you know, with the motorcyclist and, and, and how you guys come up with the concept to start with. Well, look, Loz could probably give a good uh, account of, of how we got to where we are at the moment. Yeah, so, um, all right, I'll try and not make it too long-winded. But um, so I, I had the last 20-odd years in, in primarily pharmaceutical, medical, aged care, disability, I've seen a lot of brain injuries, um, just seen a lot of incidents. And so even going back a little bit further, I used to ride 20 to 25 years ago. Um, and then when I met my wife, I sold my bike at the time and I didn't ride for 20 years. Shame on me. And then about just over two years ago, my now 22 year old who was just shy of 20 at the time came home. He had a little Honda NSR 250. And I said to him, 
Ayrton, because I'm a car person as well. So Ayrton after Ayrton said, I said, Ayrton, you haven't even got a license, mate. And he proudly said that he did. Yes, I actually do, Dad. I think you sneaky little bugger. So <laughs> obviously as a father, I was, I was sort of immediately concerned because he's not yet 20, riding a bike. Um, so I said to my wife, I think it's a good time that I, I go back and, and, you know, get on a bike. So 20, 25 years ago, the world was a bit of a different place. Please yeah. don't judge me, but I didn't have a bike license back then, but I'd been riding for quite a while. Um, so I thought, you know, five kids later, mortgage, I'll, I'll come back and I'll do it all properly. So I went, went back and got my lambs more restricted. Uh, I've got another five months to go before I get my unrestricted. So he's now on a 2020 R6, incidentally, uh, and I'm on an MT07 that I'll have a little bit of play with. But I, when I came back, because it was only, you know, 19, 20 months ago, 19 months ago, um, I was really acutely aware of the amount, in particular in Queensland, the amount of trauma and deaths on motorbikes, and it's still happening. But it was happening every couple of days for a period. And when I, when I went looking and digging at what was available for motorcycle-specific trauma, it was just nothing. The first aid kits were like, you know, um, 30, 40, 50, $60 kits, but basically splinter probes and band-aids. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, but if you come off a bike and have any sort of significant accident, that's going to do bugger all. There's, Absolutely. You're not going to have a hope in hell. Um, and so I, I had a good, good idea of what I wanted to put in it. And then I spoke to, to BJ. So BJ and I went to school together. So I've known BJ for like, he's been put on my shit for about 40 years. Way too long. Yeah, yeah. And, um, <laughs> and because of BJ's background as well, I, I just wanted to have a chat to him and see what his thoughts were. So from an injury perspective and from that medical background, I, I kind of knew what we needed, but it also had to be a little bit different from everything else. So, you know, we, we included, you know, products such as Quick Clot. So Quick Clot, you know, was developed originally and still is in use with the US uh, military. Uh, it originally started off with the Marines and Special Forces. Right. But what it does is it, it uses a, a clay called kaolin and kaolin causes blood coagulations five times faster than normal. So if you've got someone with a major bleed, you're going to have to use potentially a tourniquet to stop the bleed. Um, sometimes you're going to have to use a tourniquet and, um, you know, a, a clotting agent, um, or it may be that it's a junctional wound, so you need to pack that. So that's what it is. It's quick. Quick clot. Okay. Quick clot's pretty expensive in general. Yeah. Like it can cost, it can cost cost a hundred bucks depending on on what you get. Right. Um, but quick clot is one of these things, and and for that matter, the whole kit is something that you hope you never ever have to use. Absolutely. But if you do, it's there. And if you're riding with a mate, like if I'm riding with DJ and he comes off the bike, I I know at the end of the day that if anything was to happen, if I had a kit, I'd have the best possible chance of being able to save him. And, and I didn't understand why people would wear, go out and spend, like I've got a, a nearly $1,500 RI RX-7V, yeah. um, you know, that I wear on my head with, a, with an Iridium visor. And I, I have that because it's a brain bucket. And to me, it's about having the best that you can afford. And you're certainly, um, you know, I, I've, I've got the boots. I wear Kevlar jeans. I wear an average jacket, but it's got all the right body armor in it. And I wear the right gloves. Because if I come off, I know that the first thing I'm going to do is put my hands down if I get the chance to, you know, if I haven't got the gloves. But I was thinking, like, it's, it should be part of your safety package. Absolutely. It should be something that you carry and something that should be considered regardless. And like I said, it's, it's like all your other gear. You hope you never want to use it. Yeah. But if you do go skidding down the road with your head on the and on the tarmac because you're knocked unconscious, you'd want to hope to hell that what was on your head was going to help your head. Absolutely. And, you know, at the same time, if I do that and, BJ's riding with me or my son's with me, they know that I've got a kit under the seat of the bike. So all they've got to do is retrieve the kit. And if I have a massive bleed, they know how to use it. Yeah. And, and that's really where we came about. And, and, and you know, BJ has seen a lot of trauma as well, a hell of a lot more trauma than I've ever seen. So it just made sense for us to get together and, and you know, put the product. And it has taken, you know, we've done it since what? April. April? Yeah, April last year. Okay. Um, from the very beginning, just to make sure that we had the right quality of gear in there and the actual packaging was was the right packaging and looked the part. So we had to get samples sent over from different manufacturers. Yeah. It comes from the US. Um, so it was just, there was a lot of playing around and we've only just got the finished product. 
No, it's fantastic. And and obviously you've put a lot of consideration into the the contents of the kit because like you said at the beginning, you know, band-aids are going to be useless for motorcyclists. I mean, the the first thing I thought of when I saw Rob's video was, oh, you know, like hopefully it's not just some off the shelf first aid kit that you're marketing as a motorcycle kit. No, no, this is a genuine kit that's been designed for motorcyclists because like I said, band-aids are going to be useless if we come off the bike and something does go wrong you know if the stitching fails in our kevlar jeans for whatever reason or our gloves or whatever something something like that is not going to really provide us with much assistance yeah 100 percent. and then you've got the people that don't wear the protective gear and if they get pushed up against an arm core railing they're going to lose the lower half of the leg absolutely so that, you know it yeah. will be a major hemorrhage anyway yeah. and you know if you don't once you have that sort of massive hemorrhage, you generally are going to be unconscious in between 30 and 45 seconds. And if they don't stop the bleed within two minutes, you're dead. So with, with you know, your, your son started riding, that kind of inspired you to get back on the bike. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, in turn inspired you to, to create something like this. Where, where did your passion for motorcycling all really start? I know you mentioned from a young age and, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think well, the first bike I had, the first bike I ever bought was a little Kawasaki GPX 250. Oh, I, I had that too. That was my first bike as well. It wasn't a great bike. Black with red wheels. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I absolutely loved it. And I think probably a little bit might have been that I wanted to, you know, push back and annoy my parents. I know, I know it definitely annoyed my father. It probably concerned him. Yeah. When I look back in it, my mom was definitely concerned. But I wanted to have that freedom machine because I've Absolutely. been a car person and I've owned, I've owned 78 cars. Wow. Right? So, okay. Um, so I bought the GPX 250, loved it, um, had it for a few years, and then I traded in and bought a ZZR 250 and had that for a wee while. Then I was off a bike for a few years and then I, I bought a brand new R6 uh, back in like 2000. It might have been 2000, I think. It was a brand new red and white uh, Yamaha R6, and I absolutely loved that, but then I met my wife. So, um, but coming back, I forgot how good it is for the soul. You know, yeah. like I, just, I forgot how good, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty upbeat. Like the person you're getting now is the person that my family, my friends, you know, customers, anyone that I speak to gets this version of Loz. And, um, but she knows when I go out for a ride, I come back green like a Cheshire cat regardless. You know, like I love <laughs> it, I love it. Um, yeah, as we all do. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm not, I'm not brand loyal at all. Like I appreciate everything that's out there. You know, whatever someone's cup of tea is, you can generally guarantee there's a backstory to it. Yeah. So when you were going through the the design process of thinking about what to include in the first aid kit, how how did you come up with the ideas of what to include in it? Obviously, you you would have had to think about the type of injuries and things like that. But yeah, can you elaborate on that? Um, yeah, we looked at the type of trauma. Um, we looked at the current protection that people have um, and where there's like gaps in it. For so, for example, someone that isn't wearing the correct gear and gets pushed up against an arm cover, what sort of injuries is that person going to sustain? You know, high speed, regardless of what you're wearing, if you if you connect with a bit of arm coat, it's going to be like a cheese grater and, and you're going to lose something. Um, so, what, you know, when you lose part of your arm or potentially part of your leg, um, what's going to stop that person from, from bleeding out and dying? Um, because as far as I'm concerned, I would much rather, and I, I believe that if we, if we are able to save one life and it gets linked back to these kits, then my job in life is complete. Um, and I honestly mean that from the heart. Uh, and I would much rather send a friend home to his family missing part of an arm or a leg, but having that person be alive and a chance to rehabilitate mm. and to watch that person die in front of me when I could have done something to stop yeah. You know, like some accidents, you're never going to be able to do anything. Like, it depends what happens. If you hit me, if you go wide and you get hit by a truck, well, there's nothing anyone's going to be able to do. Yeah, that's if right. You have, if you come off the road and you contact with a branch on a tree and it penetrates into your chest, um, you know, we've got a chest seal in there that's going to save someone's life potentially. Um, the whole idea with a kit is to keep that person alive long enough for professional help to arrive. Mm. Um, but with the tourniquet, you can keep a tourniquet on no problems whatsoever for at least two hours. There's, yeah. there's studies to say it can be longer, yeah. but, but realistically, two hours is a good time to have a tourniquet on someone um, without causing any uh, you know, uh, muscular or neurological damage uh, due to lack of blood you know, flowing into the limb. Yeah. So th there were considerations. Um, you know, we're working on putting some training videos together, which BJ will do. Uh, and, you know, we're looking at obviously retail outlets as well mm. and, and you know, training those staff, getting, getting the right 
the right retail finished product in a county and on a, on a bench somewhere, but having the staff trained up so we actually get velocity of sale at the end of the day. And Absolutely. just making people aware of what the product is rather than some people go, oh, that's an expensive first aid kit. Well, actually it's not. If you go digging at the contents, it's not expensive. Yeah. Most people wouldn't know what quick plot is, for example when you explain what it is and why it's there. And, and I think appealing to the right buyer. So it might be, you know, initially that we have to talk to people's partners and loved ones and it becomes presence for people that write. But I think that word of mouth and, and you know, having these conversations with people like yourself, um, just getting that brand awareness and, and the reasoning behind it. You know, and like I've said to BJ, we, you know, we're not doing this to make a quid initially because it's going to take, like, we won't make any money for the first couple of years at all. But if we're doing the right thing and it's heartfelt and we're getting the results, that'll take care of itself long-term. Absolutely. So, and, and it's a little venture, like, you know, I work full-time. Um, this is something we've started. And, I, you know, in a perfect world, we'd, we'd both be working full-time on this kit. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it sounds like, to me, it's a really thought-out kit because, you know, we've spoken about the types of injuries that can occur and things like that. And and I think the, the next question I was going to ask was about training. You know, when someone buys one of these kits... How do they know how to use everything? Obviously, something like a first aid course would help someone immensely. So that that's generally a recommendation I tell people that ride motorcycles is go do a first aid course. But with something more specific with this kit, it's great to hear that you're uh, beginning to put together an in- instructional video, I would imagine, on how to use all the different items that are included in the kit. Correct. Yeah, great. well, look, the, the bottom line is all the stuff that we've got in there is all instructional on the packaging anyway so we would think if you were to buy a kit like this you would at the very least pull it apart when you get it yeah have a look at it what we've got in there with the tourniquet the chest seal uh, we've got the olay's uh, emergency bandage with with the wound packing attached it's all instructional in the packaging. oh fantastic so you buy a kit you open it up you look at it everybody can use it but insofar as instructional videos yeah we we're going to do a wound packing video just to show people how there's a because there's a couple of ways to to pack a wound um so you know we'll be doing things like that to show but yeah when we were putting the kit together we were looking for the absolute basics for severe trauma and uh loss of blood is number one problem you know if you've got a bad arterial wound you could have only 30 to 45 seconds to get that stopped yeah otherwise it's it's too far gone yeah, and I, th- I think that you're looking looking at it. I think the most important thing, like for us, if there's ever any club nights going on, we'd love to yeah. come along and do a presentation and show them how to use the gear. But the, the number one message is remain calm. Because yeah. if you if you haven't seen an arterial bleed before and literally it is spurting out, or in the case of someone wearing full leathers, there's going to be a lot of blood seeping out of, you know, the, the bottom of the leathers or out of the top of the leathers. Yeah. But it's, you know, it, once you cut the leathers and see where the wound is, it's literally going to be spraying out. Yeah. So you need to remain calm. And that's easy, easily said and not necessarily done. <laughs> but but at the end of the day, people have that constant reminder in the head that seconds are someone's life ticking away. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's the number one message that we need to push across is, as the name says, bleed stop. You have to stop the bleed. It's the number yeah. one you must address immediately. And uh, mostly what we've seen on our rides when there's been an accident, people are crowding around, people are taking off T-shirts, yeah. using pieces of clothing to try and assist. Which is and, great, which is great, but it's not, if it's the wrong injury, it's not, they're not going to... No, <laughs> and the thing is, you know, people spend thousands of dollars on insurance and helmets and, and yeah. all the other protective gear and their bikes, mm. and, you know, spend uh, a few dollars on a quality trauma kit is, is the message we're trying to put out there and not just a trauma kit i mean it's a, it's a kit that's been done by bikers for bikers yeah that's exactly right i mean that's a really uh, poignant point there about we spend a lot of money on gear and and you know obviously we've we've slightly uh, hinted towards motorcyclists who don't wear gear and that's their personal choice unfortunately can't can't control that but from the, for the majority of people you know, we we know about the value of a helmet, a good helmet, gloves, jackets, jeans, boots, and so on. Uh, and it's kind of a, a 
bit of a, a, a downfall of, oh, well, I'll just go grab a cheap first aid kit that's, you know, $20 at like Amazon or, uh, yeah. or you know, or Anaconda camping store or something like that or, you know. And and the reality is it's it's probably a 99.9% useless kit for us where you could you could spend a bit extra and, and really the cost is, is justified, especially talking about some of the items that are included with the kit that are that aren't cheap, uh, but but they are basically life saving, potentially life saving. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, as we said before, you know, you buy an off the shelf kit and you're getting cotton buds and band aids and and cotton balls. But what we've tried to include is all the major items: tourniquet, Olay's bandage, quick clot, proper shears that will go through your leathers. Well, cut a mm-hmm. ten. Oh yeah. The, um, the shears that we've included are, are top quality shears that the yeah. addicts are using. Um, gloves, space, space blanket, yeah. and uh, and the chest seal. So we've tried yeah. to cover all major areas of trauma um, that's going to keep somebody going mm-hmm. until professionals get on the scene. Yeah. And, and the, the emergency blankets there, not just not just to keep that person warm. There's a reason to keep them warm because yeah. as you bleed out and you lose blood it becomes harder for your blood to coagulate. Mm-hmm. And, and as that happens, you know, obviously the, the, you lose your inner core body temperature as well. And the, and, and, and the shock, but it becomes this very slippery slope very quick. So you, it's really important to maintain that person's body heat as much as possible. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why we put it in there. Um, and we also put the gold ones in there because you see them from a mile away. Yeah. So, you know, that's another thing for people to see actually something's happened on the side of the road and you don't want a secondary incident where mm. somebody doesn't see what's going on. And we've got a couple of other things in, uh, we're working on, you know, yeah. Are you, are you willing to share that with some of our listeners or still really developmental stage? Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll, 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 we'll come back and have a chat in a couple of months. I need to have a chat to a previous employer. Yeah. Um, Cause we, uh, what they, what the previous employer does uh, primarily is manages office hardware and a managed service for aged care um, facilities for medical alarms. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've got an idea that I had a chat with BJ about, and I just want to have a chat to the commercial director there. But yeah, save save this thought. We'll come back at a later date and we'll update you. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I yeah. that a little bit more concrete. Yeah, yeah. It, it's definitely in, yeah. in, the, in the pipeline for yeah. sure. No, that's, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Alrighty, folks, we've come to that point in the show today where we're going to take a short break to hear from our show sponsors. Please stay tuned and remember, those discount codes still apply, so make sure you use them. Time to get myself a new jacket and a matching pair of gloves. With the discount code over at Johnny Reb, our show sponsor, it makes it really affordable. And I have to say, damn, I look good in some Johnny Reb gear. All I have to do is enter the code BIKES15 at checkout over at johnnyreb.com.au. That's B-I-K-E-S-1-5. And I instantly get 15% off all my purchases. And to top it off, if I spend over $49, they give me free shipping. That's easy. JohnnyReb.com.au. Oh, yeah. Riding your bike? Thirsty work. Mowing the lawn? Thirsty work. You deserve a refreshing drink. My top beer, the Nectar of the Hops from Willie the Boatman, is rated number 99 in the top beers of Australia. Well, it's number one in my household, and just to make it sweeter, Willie the Boatman are offering you 20% off all their purchases on their website. All you gotta do is enter the code hashtag bikes, burgers, beers at checkout on willytheboatman.com and you get beer delivered to your door. Nothing like cracking open a cold one after wrestling with the lawnmower. Still thirsty? Nah, not anymore. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, back to the show. At the beginning of this episode, you, our listeners couldn't see this, but you showed me a few of the different kits, uh, at least the cases anyway. Do all of the kits just come with the same uh, items included in them, or do they vary based on the the different uh, cases? So you've got, a, you've got a dry bag, you've got a hard case, and you've also got the neoprene case. Do they vary at all, or are they pretty much all the same thing, and it's just a matter of choosing how you want to carry them? Well, yeah, there's the, you can have nine different type so you've got three different cases and three different configurations oh okay so bj can explain yeah well with the cases you can uh the choice is yours uh 
the with the case. So we've got the hard shell. Uh, so if you've got panniers or quite a sizable tank bag, something like that, you know, the, the hard case might suit you. We've also got the neoprene, which is um, really good for under seat. I've got the neoprene under seat on my Hyalusa. Fits under the hump beautifully. Um, and then we've got the dry bag. And again, that's a really fit anywhere uh, bag as well. You can really squash it down as well. Yeah. So they're, they're the three bags that you can have. And then we've got three levels of kit. So we've got okay. the entry, we have the entry level kit, um, uh, 89.95, that kit is. Mm-hmm. Um, that kit contains the uh, shears, uh, standard shears, mm-hmm. uh, gloves, always bandage, um, Space blanket, chest seal, and chest seal. Okay, there's still quite that's a it. lot in there. That's oh, and, and the tourniquet, and, and, and there's yeah. also a reflective helmet sticker as well. So through through a process of education, we want to, and this this might take a year or two years, three years, but we want to be able to not only you know brothers on bikes, but first responders when they see this reflective sticker, especially at night time, mm-hmm. it identifies to a first responder that that person has one of these kits on the on or, on or about the bike. Okay. Yeah. So then the, the next level kit up, you add the quick clock to that mm-hmm. and that brings it to 129.95. Yep. And then uh, if you want the the professional shears, um, there are, as I said before, in the in the bottom level kit, the, sh- the shears are there anyway. Mm-hmm. But if you want the uh, Ultra X stainless shears, that will take you to 169.95. Okay. So three levels of kit, three different... Um, Containers, three different bags. Uh, yep. The bag is your choice. That doesn't affect the price at all. Mm. Uh, and it's up to you which contents you want to choose. Okay. I hope you don't mind me saying this, but to be honest, like with the dry bag, we also brought that out because we're looking at um, water bikes, jet skis. Yep. So, you know, if someone, if someone, I mean, you can have pretty horrific accidents when you're bowling or on a jet ski as well. Yeah, so we thought that, that is a market that we can go into later. But right now, it was all about putting it together for bikes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that that's fantastic. And it's good to hear that you're actually thinking about other avenues as well because uh, a, a few months ago or la- last year, in fact, one of my guests who had created body armor for female riders uh, and it, it's it's also actual body armor, not just a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. Um it turns out that there's a whole other market out there. Well, there's actually quite a few different markets out there. And she was just aiming herself at motorcyclists, but all of a sudden vets who work with horses and cows wanted them. Mm. Uh, the police force wants them, the army, you know, like military wants it. And all of a sudden it's mm. just gone gangbusters. So I think, you know, you guys talking about looking at other avenues like jet skis, etc., is absolutely fantastic. And even, you know, even, uh, thinking about that and thinking about her products and, and yours, uh, really at the end of the day, it's all about safety. And th- there's there's numerous different places. You know, I, I was just thinking then there's, you know, people in the police force who are motorcyclists who would be great having that kit on every single motorcycle, you know, imagine that. So yeah, that's, I, think, I think it's a fantastic thing. I think what you guys are doing is great. And like I said, when I saw Rob's video, I thought, oh, got to get you guys on the show for that. Mm. Yeah, I think if you're in a high-risk environment, regardless, these are the sort of things you should have on you. Absolutely. And motorcycling, let's face it, is a high-risk environment. <laughs> Absolutely. It always has been. It's, um, it's, worth, it's worth the risk, though. It's, it's a thrill. Yeah. Uh, but mm. every so often, you know, something yep. can run out. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. What do you ride yourself? Uh, right now, I've got a Royal Enfield Himalayan that I just got. I, I sold another bike recently. A friend of mine who bought the Himalayan brand new about six months ago, uh, he unfortunately discovered he's got a rare bone cancer. And if he falls and breaks an arm or a leg or a collarbone or fractures something, it won't heal because of his condition. And, uh, and you know, imagine, imagine breaking in a leg and that's it. You're walking around with a broken leg the rest of your life. He's he's put bikes away for a while. He's kept one of his helmets and he's gotten rid of everything else. And anyway, long story short, I, I bought the bike off him, uh, A, because it was a bargain. He looked after me and, and I kind of wanted one anyway because I've got a thing for, for slow bikes. <laughs> I've done I've I've done all my fast bike stuff, you know, 20 years ago and um, 
I won't yeah. I won't admit to any of the, the things I've done on them. But uh, <laughs> yeah, you get your self preservation starts to creep up, doesn't it? <laughs> Look, I think you know I, I, what I, what I enjoy about the Himalayan is that um, it, I, I just dawdle along and I enjoy everything around me. And yeah. I've gone I've gone on the same roads that I've gone on on faster bikes, and I've also got a, a Harley Davidson Sportster, um, which which I absolutely love, uh, but. Um, yeah, the Himalayan's cool because it's just so slow that you, you're riding around and you go, I've never noticed that before. I've never noticed that before. And you, you're going slow enough to actually stop and smell the roses without stopping to smell the roses. <laughs> okay, yeah, absolutely. What, what color? It's, it's a Euro 4 Himalayan. It's a Euro 4. So, yeah, it wasn't. it's not the brand new uh, model with the, um, the Navigator and, and the different stuff. Uh, but it's the it's the red and black one. So it's got the tank that's sort of half red, half black. Nice. Um, I forget the name of what they called. It. I think they called it. They used to call it Red Rock or something, and or Rock Red, and now they call it something else. But um, but it was funny because it's the same color as as the GPX two hundred and fifty. So I've kind of come full circle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're a good bike. Hey? Like, people that, that bought them love them, and I think you can tell by the smile on your face. You've, it's got your hook line and sinker. Yeah, you know, yeah. like it's not a powerhouse by any means. Uh, but it's got heaps of character and you know i'm, I'm going to take it on a on a long trip this coming weekend as well you know it's just it's just a nice little fun bike to ride that that doesn't really have to prove itself you know yeah. Yeah. but but looking looking at people who have done rides on on the, the himalayan or himalayan as it's actually properly called the uh you know there's youtube channels like itchy boots who's done over sixty thousand kilometers on on two of hers that she had and and you know a bunch of other people and obviously you know folks who who ride them through india and have have gone to uh base camp at mount everest with them and all sorts of stuff and it's just like well it's a it's a pretty well proven bike at this stage and you know uh, and it's also really really cheap you know it's just an affordable little thing to ride around on and i could have got a dr650 or a klr650 but I also like things that are different and I kind of like the underdog that's always appealed to me anyway. So, you know, if, if you can do it on a, you know, on a Royal Enfield Himalayan, then you could probably do it on, on any of those other bikes anyway, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just think as a brand, Royal Enfield, they're uh, kicking some serious goals and they're such great bits of kit to run around. And so, yeah, I, I like the interceptors. I've ridden the interceptor a few times. And, me too. Uh, Continental. And I, I, I um, as much as I like, Himalayan. I um I absolutely love the six fifty twins. Hey? They're fantastic bikes. You know, again, not a not a, a big powerhouse. You know, it's not going to set the world on fire, but they're just such a great bike to ride, man. I I remember when I rode the Interceptor, I thought this is such a great bike, and it's you know just under ten thousand dollars, brand new, and yeah, nice know. linear, smooth power delivery. And you yeah, got to get away from your causing problems. And- yeah. It, yeah. yeah, it doesn't have any surprises up its sleeve, like an old two-stroke or something like that. Yeah, and BJ what? started off off roads. Mm. Yeah, my first bike was a DR350. Okay, yep. Um, an old hunting farmer bike, really. And then uh, I lived somewhere a long way away from work, and I thought, oh, you know, a bit of a bucket list. I'll get, get myself a bike. always wanted one. So I thought, okay, Lamb's bike, I'll go the DR650. That was a great, great little bike to get me going. But, um, you know, by the time the first year's out, you're definitely looking for more, you know, (laughs) single cylinder thumper and uh, you're on the highway and guys are cruising past you and you're ringing ringing the neck of your bike. (laughs) Yeah, that one lasted me a year, but it was a fantastic bike. And and I thought, right, I'll go hunting on it as well. Of course, I never did. It was just a to and and from work sort of a situation. Yeah. um, Then I went to the Speed Triple. Oh, and, lovely. Uh, and that was a fantastic bike. Really, really, really good bike. Did a lot of Ks on that. Uh, did a lot of riding East Coast down to Melbourne, Canberra. Um, I had that for about six years. And then uh, I always wanted the Hayabusa. I always wanted the Suzuki Hayabusa that I was just thought, no, I just didn't have the experience. But once I had the DR for a while, I went and got the booster and I've had her for three years now. So um, I don't think I get another bike. Not, yeah. Not, now that I've had the booster, I, I just it's magnificent, magnificent. They are. I, I've only ever ridden the the first ever generation one because 
I was a bike mechanic back when they were first ever released mm. and uh and I got to test ride one I got to pre-deliver one and test ride one and I've, I've also had customers come to me in the in the workshop uh back then who said oh makes a funny noise at 240 kilometers an hour and so of course <laughs> being being 17 and bulletproof and didn't care about anything else I'd jump on it and see if it did it you know and so uh. I've I've uh, unfortunately uh, <laughs> spent spent some time uh, utilizing the bike for what it was intended for. <laughs> As you do, <laughs> but they actually look they're a fantastically comfortable bike. Um, I dropped the pegs and uh, put some risers on the bars for the long distance trips that I did. Yeah, but um, just handle anything, and I think the biggest ride I've done is nine hundred k's. In a yep. day, I went from uh, Dubbo to Ipswich in a day. So about sort of around Warwick, I sort of lost the will to live, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I had an energy drink and, and yeah. uh, powered on. He's not bullying it since. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that could happen on any motorcycle, really. I mean, yeah. after after travelling that far, you, you're ready to just stop and find a motel or set up oh, a tent yeah. or something and yeah. go to sleep. <laughs> It, it was a bit rugged there towards the end, yeah. but uh, oh, the bikes never let me down, and it just yeah, a magnificent touring bike. I was coming back from Canberra, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah, back from Canberra, fantastic, uh, brilliant. Yeah, no, the bus is definitely a, a fantastic bike. It's um, it, it's something that used to be on on my bucket list, but I I think I've still got a twitchy throttle hand, so I'll, I think I'll just leave that one alone. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, do myself could. a favour and do my licence a favour and putt around on the Royal Enfield. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, I'm, I'm, because I've, it's been a while since I've had a lot of squirt, I, um, come June, I'll definitely go up to at least an MT09 SP. Mm-hmm. My, my heart, my wallet says no, and my wife says no, my heart says Street Fighter. So I'll see, <laughs> what, I'll see what happens. Ooh. Because, see, for me, for me, it has to be a naked bike, though. Yeah. Because I'm, I mean, I'm 54, but I've had my left hip replaced and I've had two... Uh, surgeries on my back one quite major I've got an artificial disc in the base of my spine and you know when I go riding I go riding every Sunday weather permitting you know with my son and with mm-hmm. some other people including BJ and I'll sometimes we'll try to leave about 6 6 30 in the morning and for the most part I try to get home at 11 59 a.m because that way I've got the afternoon with, with the rest of the family and the wife yeah but sometimes you take a wrong turn and you don't get back till 2 or 2 30 <laughs> ah. but we, we ride for that sort of you know anywhere between six and eight hours yeah. Yeah, stopping for fuel and food. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean these, these wrong turns sometimes you end up at a pub somewhere, and what I can you do? Purely accidental. Yeah, percent. I know. It, it usually starts. See, we go in the morning because it starts at a pie shop somewhere. <laughs> 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 I probably need to lose a couple of kilos, but yeah, oh, it's all about the food. So yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we'll get into food a bit later. That's for yeah. sure, because we are called Bikes Burgers Beers after all. Yeah. No. Look. I, yeah. Can definitely relate to that. Absolutely. There was actually there was something I was going to ask about the first aid kits, and I've completely forgotten now. Um, I should have wrote. I should have written it down when I thought of it. Doesn't matter. It'll, off, right? it'll it'll come to me. We started talking about bikes and pubs and pies and <laughs> the good stuff. <laughs> all the all the all the good fun stuff. That's it. Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. it. And I, I mean, I guess uh, going back to the kitchen quickly as well. Like, um, you want to talk about what happened twenty years ago? For you? Oh yeah. Look, when we were developing them. Um, about it was it was about 2000 uh, a friend of ours was riding uh, locally here and was involved in a traffic accident and lost his leg as a result oh, wow. of the accident Jeez. um nobody had any specialized equipment to staunch the femoral artery bleed and uh, sadly he passed away oh, uh, no. on the road so um the other reason why we said a tourniquet was a definite inclusion was for any arterial bleed, you know, leg, um, um, it's definitely a must. So we yeah. made sure to put that in for sure. And they're, they're quick to use. They're, you know, the instructional video will we'll have that done hopefully within the next yeah. few weeks. Look, they're very easy. The the uh, We've got a combat application tourniquet in our kit, mm-hmm. and so it's Velcro. Yeah. And what we did was we went through a lot of products and we actually tested them on ourselves. Okay. Uh, trying to put them on ourselves so uh laying on the ground pretending that uh we were incapacitated yeah. and just but using could have been those beers <laughs> 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 and uh 
you know, just using one hand uh, to try and get it onto our leg or onto our opposite arm. Yeah. And uh, the Velcro one that we chose, that was very easy to do, um, very easy to pull tight. And once it's pulled tight and you wrap the Velcro on, you simply have to wind the windlass yep. and uh, put the windlass in the clip and the tension stays on. So um, super easy to use. And look, obviously, when you do use a tourniquet for an arterial bleed, Look, they're a once-only use because they're going to be covered in claret. Yeah. Um, but, hey, you and, know. And that's why we went with the combat tourniquet. I don't mind me speaking over the top. Like With the Velcro, we tried all of them and we, mm. we used you know, blood substitutes to get similar viscosity. Yeah. And the Velcro one, you could keep the tension when you were applying it, mm. whereas a lot of the other ones that were a fabric would, mm. would slide. So you actually start sliding when you're trying right. to grab on the plate. Yeah, they'd spin, yeah. Around, the, they'd spin around the limb. Okay. Um, so then trying to gain traction to tighten it up was an issue, but with the Velcro ones. One second, can't they yeah, rest? That's right. They just pulled tight immediately and then wrapping it onto the Velcro, it was not going to move anywhere. So, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was definitely the best choice that we found. Yeah, we tried a lot. Mm. Where where can our listeners or any anyone who's interested in, in getting these kits, where can they go to buy them? Well, we've got our website, which is www. Uh, bleed stop or one word dot com dot au. Mm-hmm. Um, the website's uh, been set up very well, so you're just straight on there. Click into the shop, and then you can uh, choose which uh, bag you want yep. and what contents you actually want, and uh, we'll mail it to you. We we pay the cost of postage. Okay, so free uh, postage as, anywhere in Australia. Yeah, that's right. And uh, as Lawrence also said, we include a reflectorized helmet sticker. So uh, you can put it on the side of your helmet, you can put it on your bike. Uh, we're also, we've also worked on some uh, uh, aluminium uh, dog tags. Okay. So yeah. on those dog tags, you'll have all your personal in case of emergency information. Um, they've got a silicon surround. So if you choose to use it as a key ring, mm-hmm. it's not going to flap around and scratch your bike or, or oh, great. scratch any, anything. Yeah. Um, and if the worst happens and you are unconscious, then all your in case of emergency is there and it's on your key. Yeah. And so, the, the printing, it's it's made to order. So yeah, made to order. So look, you've got that option. You can you can purchase one of them off our site as well. Fantastic. Um, we supply them for forty dollars. So all your in case of emergency yeah. details are available there. You can either wear it around your neck or on your key ring. On your key ring, yeah. Fantastic. And yeah. it's a nice touch having them with the uh the, sorry, you said you didn't say rubber. You said something else. Um, yeah, it's got a silicon, a silicon, silicon surround on it, so it's not scratching your your top oh, triple clamp right. and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, silicon edging. Yeah. Any of your listeners, you know, they uh, if they have you know a retail outlet, then we'd be happy to talk to them as well. You know, about stocking the kits. Mm. So yeah, at this, you know, we're right at the point now of um, you know finalising county units and point of sale merchandise, and then mm-hmm. we'll, uh, we'll start going around and and. Um, you know, putting a presentation together for any outlets. Absolutely. Brisbane base, we'll, we'll start locally ourselves and of on course. a day off and, mm. yeah. Yeah, of course. So have you got them in any retailers at the moment or is it all just still starting out? It's all just starting out. We've, okay. we've got a couple of um, large stores that we need to get up north to have a look at. Yeah. Uh, and they're, they're people that I previously worked with that know what I'm doing and have gone, this is brilliant. Get Fantastic. It in, large, large outlets. Mm. Um, so we definitely got some leads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good. Um, and the hardest, the hardest thing is that with motorcycle retail, uh, we are having conversation. Uh, the biggest issue that I'm finding is that uh, motorcycle retailers, in particular, are in the business of selling bikes, and um, sort of some of the feedback is great idea, but we don't want to tell people that it's dangerous riding a bike. <laughs> I mean, look, we all know that that is the case. Yeah. And and our our mindset is our mindset is wouldn't it be fantastic if you could sell a new bike and include one of these kits? Yeah. That was on, on the seat of every bike. Yeah. And I would have thought, yeah. from, from a risk mitigation point of view, yeah, um, it would be a really really thoughtful inclusion with every new bike. Because like Absolutely. I said, like a set of gloves or a helmet, it's mm. it's it's the mind the. the the current mindset of big retailer is, oh, but that would be saying it's dangerous. Well, the flip side of the coin to that is, why do you wear a helmet? Why, yeah. do, you wear, why exactly. do you wear your gloves? Yeah, that's you right. Your, yeah. I mean, that's we right. know so, that the bike yeah. riding 
is, is a risky activity. It's, yeah. it's, it's going to take time. Like at the end of the day, of it's going to take time. And I've, I've spoken to um, the chief policymaker for the Department of Transport in Queensland, um, and we've been talking about, you know, road trauma, in particular motorcycles, and what do we do? So it's an ongoing project for us, and it is early days. Yeah. But any feedback, you know, from yourself or from any of your listeners or you know, any consumer, you know, we're, we're talking about just before um, we did burgers earlier on in the barbecue before we got on here. Um, and I was saying to BJ, like for us at this early stage, it's super important to get feedback and listen to the feedback. Yeah. And, you know, over the coming months and years, tweak our product. It's not just necessarily, but we know what works, but there'd be different aspects or add-ons or something that we haven't thought of that yeah. we need to, you know, consider. So, yeah. And uh, on our website, we've got an email address, you know, and look, we'd be really happy if, if people had ideas or they thought, hey, you know, why don't you do this or mm. you can improve it like this. I mean, you know, drop us a line, send us an email because we've always got our ears open. And, and look, as we said before, we are for bikers we started with bikers we're bikers ourselves um we're always ready to improve our product so yeah if people want to contribute and give us an idea just drop us a line fantastic i mean that that's the whole idea and and that's why i started this podcast really is is exactly that is to get get everyone in the australian motorcycling community to share ideas learn about stuff i mean i've had so much feedback from last season from people saying oh i didn't know about that you know thank you for thank you for getting that guy on because you know i just didn't had no idea that that stuff existed or had no idea about this information and um and it this this new season i've i've really taken a, a safety side of things to it because well my my you're you're my third guest on on the show currently for my interviews and everything's been about safety so far i just spoke to a gentleman from Deakin University, and he works for Motocap, so they do all the motorcycle uh, gear testing for Australia. Yeah. And uh, and so yeah, it's um, you know, and and I know I know from last season's feedback when I start bringing out this episode and that one, a lot of people are going to go, I had no idea about this. And the reality is, I've been involved in motorcycles for more than half my life, and there's stuff that I didn't know about as well. And you know, and like I said at the beginning, I learned about you guys from Rob, and I just think. It, it's just one of those things that just slowly snowballs. It's just like the like, like biking community is just so fantastic. Like it, I don't, I've never really come across anything quite like it. I mean, for the most part, everyone acknowledges each other on the road. Yeah. Does that help? If someone's at the side of the road, you can pretty much guarantee someone's going to pull up and ask if you're right. Yeah. And I, I think you know we just need to build on that that um, you know brotherhood and sisterhood because that's really what it is. It's this extended family, and sometimes it's an extended family of total strangers. Yeah, you know they're always there. Yeah, help if you're in a position of need. That's right. Um, yeah, I'm like, I'm not gonna bang on about it, but like I said before, if, if, if these kits save one person's life, like yeah. me personally, yeah, my, my job's done as, as far as being and like even doing this, putting this together at this early stage, I, I sleep well at night. You know, put my head on the pillow. As silly as it sounds, but I know that we're working to do the right thing. Yeah, um, yeah. which is super important, you know, because the world's a bit of a crazy place, let's be honest. Um, and you know, you need to try and sort of influence it in different ways. Absolutely. What's one piece of advice you could give our listeners, wh- whether they're interested in in buying your first aid kit, or or any in particular, because someone might listen to this, or or, or let's say not, and think about a first aid kit, and go, oh, look, I'll just get the St. John's kit or whatever. But is there any advice you can give our listeners that is going to help them at least decide and give them the best chance? Well, look, our kits are, as we said before, they're by bikers, for bikers. We've considered the major trauma and we think we've covered the major trauma in our kit. And as we say, you know, the life you save could be your own and could be your mates. So your sons. Yep. Yeah. And, uh, there's, yeah. Look, there's probably a lot of lot of uh, women out there listening. Their husbands ride, their sons ride. Or themselves for that matter. That, that's exactly. right. But, yeah. you know, a lot of the girls uh, I know don't want to get on the back of the bike. They're, they're scared of the bikes. I mean, yeah. you know, a lot of, there's lots of, lots of lady riders out there. But uh, a lot of, the, a lot of the, the wives and girlfriends don't want to get on the bikes. And uh, if the very least you want to do is, is get your son, get your husband, get your brother, one of these kits, yeah. get him to put it on the bike. You know, you can put them under the seat. You can put it in your pannier. You can put it in your tank bag. 
Yeah. And it's there. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like everything in life. I hate to say it. Um, you get what you pay for. It's yeah. as simple as that. Yeah. And if someone buys one of these as a gift or buys it for themselves, my advice would be tell everyone that you have it. Yeah. Tell everyone Absolutely. that you have it. And when you stop for a pie or a burger or a coffee or a beer or whatever you stop for, pull the kit out, show them the kit, run through. This is what you do with this. This is what you do with that. Yep. And you, and I sincerely, we both know this 100% from the heart. We sincerely hope that no one ever has to use one of these kits. Absolutely. But if you do, you've got a red hot chance of saving someone's life. Yeah. And look, you, you insure yeah. your bike. Why not insure yourself? What's yeah. more valuable, you know? Yeah. You yeah. can replace a bike. That's exactly you right. You fixed. You can't replace a life. That's exactly and, right. Uh, and as I said before, yeah. I've personally experienced a friend who's died as yeah. a result of blood loss on the road. Nobody had anything. Yeah. Everyone talks about, like, you know, when you go out, have fun on your ride. Like, you know, as I said before, like, the older you get, the more the higher your self-preservation goes up. Yeah. And and you, you tend to not be as silly as you were years ago. And we, the thing is, we all have our moments. You know, Absolutely. the perfect bit of bitumen opens up and you go, you can't help yourself. And yeah. these things happen like it does. Yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what life is all about. It's those mm. moments of living. Um, but those moments of living, if something goes wrong, if an animal runs out or there's a bit of bitumen or a bit of gravel or old mate decides he doesn't like the sounds of bikes on a Sunday morning, so he's gone and put something on the road to cause a bit of grief. Yeah. Some, and that happens. It does. If yeah. something goes wrong, give yourself the best chance of getting out of it. You know, if the yeah. shit absolutely hits the fan, have the right gear. Yeah. And absolutely. You know, like I said, they could, you know, people can choose whatever they want, but yeah. think about what the products do. If you've got splinter probes in it, why is it on your bike? Yeah. You've got band-aids on it, why is it on your bike? You know, yeah. you, you must think ahead and think what's going to happen, what sort of possible traumas. Um, if it's broken bones, etc., you can comfort that person. You know, you can comfort them until help arrives. Yeah. That person is in a life-threatening situation and the number one killer is major hemorrhage. Yeah. That person is dying. You have one one crack at it and that's it. Yeah, absolutely. That's my advice. And, and don't panic. Don't, don't panic. panic. Yeah, keep Take it a deep cool. breath. Take a deep breath. Breathe in, evaluate the situation, get on with the job. Yeah, that's it. And and just as a, a side point, we talked about price before. What I was thinking about just then as well is that really your kit, even if you bought the, the most highest uh, put together kit, so the highest priced one, really they're, they're no differently priced to that, to say a, a medium to high tier pair of gloves. Oh, yeah, yeah. We got the shoes in there, the big shoes. Yeah, now these these shears here, you can buy an identical pair of these shears that are brandied, and they're identical. And the brandied variant, independently, no, I haven't. you haven't got them. No, I didn't try something. Sorry, I've got the other shears, not the. Uh, That's all right. I can go and get a pair. I'll get a pair and I'll show you. But you can, yeah. you can buy um, a pair of these that are, have a brand name on them separately. Mm -hmm. The cheapest you'll find them anyway is about one hundred and thirty dollars. Just yeah, for just for the shears. Yeah. yeah. So these. And uh, as we said before, the quick clot, um, you know, the value you're getting with the quick clot, if you would yeah. just go and purchase quick clot by itself, you're looking at $80. Yeah. Just for sachet just for, yeah. 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 Crazy. But like and I said, you don't ever want to have to use them. But of course do. not. Yeah. yeah. And, let, and let's say someone did have to use them, whether it was on, their, on themselves or a friend or someone, uh, can they go to the website to replenish the the items, or will they have to source them out separately on their own? We, we at this stage we haven't broken the, the product down to buy individually. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that we will do. Yeah. Um, saying that, if you were to utilise uh, Quick Clot or Tourniquet and, and you shot us an email, then we would look after you with a replacement. So that's not an issue. Oh, fantastic! The other thing, uh, the other thing we didn't mention is we're also um, setting up uh, Afterpay and. Uh, uh, you know, facilities like that. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, That'll make people, it a lot easier. Yeah, exactly. Look, I mean, if, if people, you know, aren't in a position to be able to pay fully, yeah, we'll have facilities there where they they can pay as we, as they go. So actually, oh, for, for everybody to get hold of some equipment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's fantastic. Well, our listeners won't be able to see the shears, but I'm I'm still keen to look at them. So, <laughs> so they're proper. Yeah. You can cut through a 10 cent coin. Yeah, absolutely. We also have seatbelt cutters, yep. window breakers, 
Uh, they've also got a, uh, where's my, in the section here, this is a ring, this bit here, that'll cut rings off as well. Go up a bit. All right. There we then, go. Yeah, that'll cut the ring. Like if you've got a ring on your finger, you've got to oh, okay. the yep. rings off. Yep. Um, but these, these shears, they will cut through leathers like butter. Yeah. There's, no, there's nothing that those shears will not cut through. Yep. Fantastic. Thick belts, anything. Yep. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome, guys. So obviously, because I, like I said, show's called Bikes, Burgers, Beers. Uh, we'll, we'll end off on a, on a, light, a more lighthearted note. You guys have a favourite beer you like to drink? I'm Scottish. I'll drink anything with a percentage label on the side. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, 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 that's that's true. That's not a joke. <laughs> it's got to be cold. It's, it's got to be cold. It's, it's got to be, be cold. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, I'm not a big fan of the crafty beers. You know, all the. Yep. Uh, I'm not right into all that. I just. Yeah, a nice cold beer on a hot day on the on the bike ride is is the way to go. But um, I don't I don't I like going to Felons. So Felons in Brisbane, mm-hmm. that's brewery. Yeah, we haven't been together. We should go. Um, they they come up with some really nice craft beers. I don't. I, okay. Like I said I don't. I'll, I'll drink anything. Um, right. I, I like my beer cold, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I'm not like I'll try anything. Like I'll have uh, you know a black beer. Yeah, I, I love my pale ales, um, and there's quite a few craft breweries in, in uh, Fortitude Valley and New Farm that I've been to that, that are really quite good. Yeah, there's a brilliant place at Underwood. I'm trying to think of it. I think it's called um, the Monkeys, the Tree Monkeys. Okay. Uh, God, I have to get the name for you, but it, it's it's they have phenomenal beers there. Mm. Okay. They're actually. I think really- I've um, I've had another guest on the show mention them because they're. Well, they're, they're located up sort of near t- uh, towards Redcliffe. Yeah. Um, but they've mentioned the three monkeys on, the, on yeah. the show before too, I believe. Yeah, well, they're Underwood and I live in Underwood, so it's convenient. Yeah, um, well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And they have like live music on the weekends. Um, but yeah, they, they've got some really, really nice craft beers there. Great. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Beyond that, Scotch, vodka. Yeah, I'm a massive booze head, but you know, but, uh, <laughs> oh, look, I mean, red wine, red I mean, let, let's be honest. When you're on the bike, you know, for a day out, you're a bit limited, yeah. you know, as yeah. to you know how much you can get stuck into. But absolutely, a beer, a nice with, ice cold beer. Yeah, yeah. A, a beer with a burger is uh, absolutely yeah. the way you want to go. Or a pie. Yeah, <laughs> music to my ears. Or the pie. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I, 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 we'll usually uh, start a ride. So. Yeah, we'll leave about six in the morning. Um, most people are coming to my house, and we'll pick a couple on the way, and then it's all about breakfast pie somewhere. So if you're up this way, Fernvale Bakery. Fernvale Bakery oh, on the Brisbane okay. Lake Highway. Yeah, just, can't, just can't. You know, if you get there too late, you can't swing a cat. There's 10,000 <laughs> bikes there, and yeah. it's lined up down the block. But... I'll give you the tip. Chunky curry pie. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Chunky Curry, yeah. I'm drooling at the thought of it already. Uh, Bakery, Brisbane Valley Highway. I'd love it. A magical place. That'll probably be Sunday morning if I can get my bike fixed in time. (laughs) I've developed a slight miss between uh, 3,000 and 4,000 RPM. So I pulled it all apart, did the plugs, but I think I've narrowed it down to either an injector or or a coil plane up. So Mm. I'll get Mm. that sorted this week and we'll be out on pies on Sunday. Another cracker ride from Brisbane is down to uh, Iron and Resin cafe at the okay. back of uh, there at Tomlin. Yep. And then uh, you've got a whole stack of rides you can do through Numbar Valley, out to Mordenbar, um, back out onto the highway, down to Brunswick Heads uh, Hotel, yep. northern New South Wales. Just so many different rides, so many oh, different lovely. you can go. And, yeah, north or south of Brisbane, there's, yeah. there's rides everywhere. Yeah. Mount well, Eagle, I'll, Mount I'll, no, nice. I'll have to hit you up for one of those because I'm – I'm planning at this stage to get up to the the um, uh, the Gold Coast because I recently spoke to the guys from the Electric Motorcycle Company, and uh, they're opening up their first ever electric motorcycle dealership in the country. Wow! And so I've I've been invited up there whenever I get the chance, and you know, with COVID and borders mm, well. and un- uncertainty, who knows when it'll happen. But when I get up there, I'll definitely hit you guys up and we'll have to go oh, for yeah. a ride and mm. grab a burger and, and a beer somewhere for sure. Well, we're going to start off with the pie. So it'll be pie. Yeah. Burger, well, pie yeah. By the time you get home, you'll be, able, you'll be like rolling home, I can tell you. So. I don't have any troubles rolling home <laughs> enough as it is. 
Well, uh, Anna's taken down all the border restrictions now between uh, Queensland and New South. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, well, we, 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 can, we can plan a right and then we can Uber into the city to felons, <laughs> yeah. have all the craft beers, and then we can really roll home. That's it. There you go. So it's like a plan. Well, actually, That's we, it. Well, we've got a ride organised for this Sunday coming from Brisbane down to Iron and Resin and then yeah. through the back way to Moorlumbar and then to Brunswick uh, Heads Hotel for lunch. So that's our Sunday ride now that the border restrictions have been removed. So yeah, lovely. We're into it. We've lovely. been in so long since we've been able to do anything like that. It's been yeah. a good couple of years. And so in regards to burgers, what, what would be one of your favourite places locally to, to go and grab a burger? Well, Rick's Cafe up on the Sunshine Coast hinterland at Palm, Palmwoods. Mm-hmm. That's a fantastic place, Rick's Cafe there, and burgers, whatever it is, whatever yeah. it is you like, he's got it there. Wow! Um, the chicken schnitty burger is always a classic. Yeah, the chicken schnitty whenever you go to the pub, but if you can get it into a burger as well, <laughs> even better. Even better. <laughs> and oh, it's, and it's uh, chunky. It's a heart attack, you know, waiting to happen. It's got jalapenos and hot sauce on it. I mean, oh, um, jal- jalapenos, yes, for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, they, apparently the world's hottest burger. Um, they said it was the world's hottest burger. Yeah, well, I smashed it. Um, <laughs> now it's out at Wellington Point. So okay. out at Wellington Point, they do they actually do the world's hottest hamburger, and it's it's not just that it's hot. It's um it's just a massive volume to eat. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, you're not allowed to you're not allowed to have a drink for ten minutes afterwards. <laughs> you vomit. You, you, you fail. And uh, yeah, it, it was hot. But <laughs> well done. <laughs> All the same. I like my I like my home food. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. Same here. Yeah. Well, well, guys, is there anything you'd like to add uh, before we finish up the show? Anything at all that you'd like our listeners to know about? No, look, we're just thankful that um, you know you gave us some time, gave gave us some exposure. But as we said, by bikers, for bikers, and the life you save could be your own. Um, and think about the money that that everybody expends on everything else what about get what about your some, family yeah what get about some, your family. some safety gear and and get home safe and you just never know what's around that next corner yeah absolutely guys well thank you so much and feelings mutual thank you for your time as well i really appreciate you coming onto the show and uh sharing all this information with our listeners as well i'm sure every single one of them who listens to this episode is going to love it so yeah really appreciate it guys and I look forward to uh, getting up your way and definitely going for a ride and uh, enjoying some delicious food and beers afterwards or beforehand as well. <laughs> All of the above. All of the above, well, yeah. Yeah, fantastic stuff. Uh, and an absolute pleasure to meet you, hey. So, um, Thank you, uh, guys. Um, yeah, we'll stay in touch and, and yeah. as we have more information about the other thing we're working on, we'll, we'll get in touch and we'll have another chat. Absolutely. We'll get you back on the show either later in, in this season or maybe next season anyway. And, well guys and girls that's it for today if you haven't checked out the website for bleed stop already the links are in the show notes below you know i think we invest so much money in helmets gloves jackets boots pants and so on we want to be protected none of us want to die or get injured on a motorcycle and i think for something that could potentially save your life for really what is under 200 dollars is a pretty worthwhile investment A trauma kit that has been designed by bikers for bikers, you can't beat it. So please do check out the Bleedstop website, and if you are in fact a bike dealer, it might be worth stocking this kit in your shop or including it in a sale of every new bike you sell. Now folks, we have reached the end of another amazing interview with an Aussie product that can help any motorist out there, however, if you could help us out too, it would be great. You can support the show by heading over to our Patreon page and flicking us the cost of a horrible coffee once a month. That's all it costs. If you want to flick us more money to buy good coffee, please consider that as well. With that, you get early access to episodes as well as coupon codes before they're made public. So many benefits and more when you sign up. Now, if you can't, I get it. It's cool. You can head over to our Instagram page and click follow. It's completely free and it helps the show out immensely. And if you're listening to this episode on an app that lets you review the show, I would appreciate you take that 60 seconds and tell the world how much you love Bikes Burgers Beers by leaving a review. It really helps a lot. 
Now another huge announcement I need to make is that after the huge success of the inaugural Aussie Moto content creators meetup at the Grey Gum Cafe back in December 2021, we now have a date and a location and we just need you there for the next meet. Yeah that's right, you can meet us at the Fuel Cafe in East Lynn on the 27th of August 2022. Almost all the guests who've been on the show will be there and for details you can check out the Aussie and the Indians website and the links in the show notes down below for you to just click on over to her page and check it out. Well that's it from me for this week. Tune in next time when we have a local Aussie legend who lost it all in the bushfires, decided to buy himself a motorcycle and is now at the very beginning of preparing to travel to every continent on this planet. Have a listen what he has to say before he starts his journey, the rise of the phoenix, because we'll have him back when he returns from that trip, and I think he'll have some interesting stories to tell. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, and remember, keep it twisted.